Wow. What a slate. What a slate this was tonight. And it's still going on, making, these, making this video as the uh, late games are starting up, or at halftime, starting up the second half. But wild. Wild. So let's, let's kind of talk through the slate first before we recap things. I made a post about it on Patreon how that the trade rumors uh, with Minnesota and Utah and how you could get some really good low-owned plays if those guys get ruled out. And at first, I was like, I don't think they're going to play because why would you risk guys getting injured if you're going to trade them? So I didn't think they were going to play. And I was going back and forth with what I wanted to do. I was really, really torn because you had so many good early, early plays, right? With the Cavs, with the Heat. But then you possibly had some really good plays in the late game. But you needed the trade to happen. You need those guys to get ruled out. This is like my perfect slate. I love slates like this. Absolutely love it. Because normally what the field does is they just take all the, the early plays and don't leave room for possibly better plays in the late game. Now, I made a mistake on the main slate. I was going back and forth, back and forth. I made a mistake and I was rightfully punished for it. I deserve the punishment that I got tonight, which was not cashing the main slate. I deserve it. It was fully on me. Fully on me. But let's go over it. I had a great day on the showdown, Minnesota-Utah showdown. I just played the optimal lineup if you want to see that really quick. Um, I just jammed the optimal and played it in a lot of stuff. And yeah. Won all my money back plus more, but went Ant Captain with Lori, Walker Kessler, Nas Reed, Sexton, and Noel. And how many times have the Nas Reed Sharks been punished, man? Like, what, what have been, like, the Nas Reed Sharks do not deserve this, man. They just don't. They've been punished so, so many times. And it's just, it's not fair. It's not fair to the Nas Reed Sharks. So that was the, uh, that was the showdown. But let's go over my main slate. And this is, this is the mistake I was talking about. And I, I hate myself for it. I, I knew it was a mistake, too. I played Ricky Rubio instead of leaving that spot for Noel. And I just hate myself. Because I was talking about that all Patreon stream. And I was like, do you want to play? Or do you want to take it? Or do you want to leave uh, for possibly better plays? And I was punished. And I was rightfully punished, too. I deserve that. I deserve to not cash tonight. I deserve it. What I do not deserve, though, Shetty Osman. How many times are you going to do this to me, man? How many? I was early on him a week ago when the, when the Cavs were shorthanded. Back-to-back, like, single-digit fancy point games. Finally faded him. Back-to-back 40 bombs. A career high? You bet. Buy back in tonight? No way. 0 of 7 start from the field. It's just like, Why? Why can't I just get the good Shetty game at low ownership? What have I done to deserve this? That I did not deserve. I did deserve the punishment of playing Chalk Ricky Rubio instead of leaving the spot for Noel or Sexton. That I deserved. I did not deserve this Shetty game. Come on. Just come on. Evan Mobley, eh, okay game. My two favorite GPP plays of the slate. Shingoon. Jalen Green at negative ownership. They both smashed. Talked about that a lot in the stream. 
That felt good because those are my, my two favorite contrarian plays. Both going for almost 50. Uh, love that. Jimmy Butler is fine. And then I rounded out with Chalk Jordan Poole. Let's kind of talk about a couple other things here. The Royal Neto thing, right? You guys saw, or if you didn't see on Twitter, this is why I thought he was the worst play of the slate, okay? So I'll give you the reasoning why I thought Royal Neto at his ownership was, was the worst play of the slate. Royal Neto was out of the rotation, number one. So him getting the start, to me, kind of felt like that spot start, where like he starts and plays limited minutes. And Royal Neto is a point. Seven fancy point per minute guy. So the industry and what I thought he would play had him project for like low twenties minutes. I, that's what I was thinking. 0.7 fancy points per minute, low twenties minutes. Most likely scenario, he gives you like fifteen, maybe twenty fancy points on a good day. And at the ownership that he was at, with the possibility of some really good plays down the line in Noel and Sexton, and just some other good values, it, it just wasn't worth it for me. And I had so, so many people in my mentions uh, after I said Roll Neto uh, was not a good play. Everyone was really just, just giving it to me, which is like, yeah, I am used to it. I've been making content for DFS since 2018. I am used to criticism, okay? But you can't give it out to me and then not take it. Because what I said to everyone that was uh, saying how good of a play Roll Neto was Oh, he's such a good play, bro. I said, I preferred Noel and I preferred Colin Sexton. And then, so I come back after everyone's giving me, everyone's giving me shit for, uh, for overall that tail. I come back and I'm like, oh, you guys check out that Jalen Noel game. And they can't, they get so incredibly mad. They're like, you're asinine takes, bro. What are you talking about? You cannot that is something you cannot do. If you're going to give it out, you have to be able to take it too. So that felt really, really good. And the Eric tweet, I retweeted it. That, that had me dying. Uh, let me hear. I'll, I'll pull up Eric's tweet. This one, I just, I just literally linked this to everyone that was giving me shit for a roll netto. This, this had me in tears. I was having fun on Twitter. This had me in tears. I, I'm not going to lie. Noelle's smashing Noel's face into oblivion. I literally was laughing for about 10 minutes. I, again, I was having a lot of fun on Twitter tonight. So uh, that was nice. The Neto people punished. Noel Sharks rewarded. So you love to see that. And again, I was punished rightfully for not leaving that spot for Noel. Um, so that's the whole Neto thing. Uh, what else was there that I wanted to talk about? Um, oh, prize pick. So we'll see. Hit my first three picks on Patreon and then have three more in this late game that, that might hit. So I might get the full 25x. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, going to keep an eye on that one. What else? So we mentioned, again, the Nas Reed Sharks did not deserve that, right? It's just so... people. Oh, you guys also had me dying on Twitter. Because a lot of people stacked Minnesota-Utah. Like, it's kind of, like, risked it. And it was really a sharp, uh, a sharp play. And you guys had me dying. Like, the random blowout, uh, like... Someone said, oh, McDaniels at negative ownership smashing, random blowout. And like, yes, like you guys did not deserve that. The really sharp people that left flexibility and had a lot of exposure to Minnesota, Utah. How did the faders know? How did the faders know the game would randomly blow out? 
And then you got the people coming and saying it's not a random block. Once again, and I even said it on Twitter. You guys know the rules. Cannot say a game, a, blow, a game that blows out is not random. The only time you can say that is if you provide the ticket. Provide your ticket. Provide the spread ticket with the team that was favored. Provide it. And then that's fine. Not say that Minnesota, Utah blowing out was not random. It was random. And the very, very sharp people that had a lot of exposure to that game did not deserve that punishment. Okay? The people that had game stacks in that game were punished for no reason. Still, a lot of guys smashed. Noel broke the slate. Sexton absolutely smashed. Edwards smashed. But it could have been even better. It could have been even better if that game stayed competitive. So... Let's recap everything again. I don't think I'm going to get in the cash with the pool. Um, too many people have them. It, it just, I was, I was rightfully punished for, for not leaving that spot and playing Rubio over, over uh, Noel. So, and I knew, I knew it too. I, I was going back and forth up into lock. And I just, you know, when you click on someone and it's just like, you get that feeling. It's like, this is, this is the wrong decision, but you do it anyway. That, that was what I did. That, that was what I did with Rubio. And I, I really, really hate myself for it. So. Um, that's the recap of everything. Still going to be a profitable day for DFS. Also hit um, two uh, straight bets uh, on player props. Hit uh, Jalen Green. I smashed um, or nuked uh, his over points plus assist. That easily hit. And then what was the other one I took? I hit one other one too. So it's going to be a profitable day overall. We'll see about prize picks. Maybe get the full sweep, but. That's a recap of everything. Again, guys, you had me. I was having a lot of fun on Twitter, and you guys had me dying on Twitter. There's a lot of Twitter was very entertaining tonight. I will say that. So um, that is everything. So let's talk about this four game slate. First, though, the sponsor is Prize Picks. Again, we mentioned it a couple times. It is a player prop site. If you guys are not familiar, you build two, three, four, five, up to six player props, can win up to twenty five x your money. So if you want to give it a try, use the code DKDFS. That will give you 100% match up to $100. What does that mean? If you deposit using my code $100, that's a free $100 to play with on the site. All right, so now let's talk about this four-game slate. We'll start off with Denver and Orlando. So Denver, Jamal Murray is questionable. That's the big news. Um, If he's out, you're going to get Bruce Brown in the starting lineup, which is super, super tilting. I went to him last slate, injured, and then comes back. That's a blowout unbelievable unbelievable but yeah he would benefit the most and then you would get ish smith playing the backup point guard he'd be a viable tournament play but we got to talk like Jokic at only 11k this is just a misprice i think he stands out as one of the best plays of the slate absolutely love Jokic. i know he's gonna be popular but it's for good reason he looks phenomenal in my opinion at that price point jamal murray if he does play i think is a good option too like he's been playing a ton of minutes when he plays i think we get 36 to 38 minutes if he does play Really do like Murray, too, uh, if he plays. And then Gordon, MPJ, KCP are all secondary plays. Now, if Jamal Murray's out, again, the benefits Bruce Brown the most. And then you get Ishmith playing the backup point. Ishmith played a lot last game, though, because of the massive blowout. So do not expect 29 minutes. I think on average, you probably get like mid-teens minutes for Ishmith um, if Jamal Murray's out and Bruce Brown starts at the point. Gordon, MPJ would look a little bit better if uh, Jamal Murray's out. I believe Aaron Gordon had the big game last game. Yeah. 51, but did have four steals and two blocks, and we can't expect that every game. Uh, so does the other starters look a little bit better if Jamal Murray's out? I don't really know if I can get to any of the bench pieces. I mean, if Jamal Murray's out, you might get a little bit more run for a guy like uh, Christian Brown at 3.5K. I think I would rather take the shot in Ish Smith, though, if, if that is the case. 
you will get some Jeff Green minutes at the flat min price, but uh, not an exciting play. Vladko might play a little bit. Man, he played at extended minutes last game because of the blowout, so don't play Bones Island. He is out of the rotation, so do not play him. They're, I think they're looking to trade him. I'm right, moving on to Orlando. So, Magic, nothing really standing out here. I think Bancaro at 7-5 is a fine contrarian play. He's been consistently playing low to mid-30s minutes. Franz Wagner, 6-3. Feels priced about right. Carter Jr., if he can stay out of foul trouble, I think is a reasonable price point, but there is a lot of foul risk going up against Jokic. Markel Fultz is 5-7. He should see low 30s minutes. I would say he's probably my favorite play in the Magic. Um, Cole Anthony, 4.7. He should play low 20s minutes. Now, we do have to keep an eye. It's actually somewhat important. Gary Harris is questionable. Gary Harris misses. I would think that either Jalen Suggs or Cole Anthony start, and then just both would see a little bit more run. So if that is the case, I would like Cole Anthony more. Jalen Suggs, 3-5, has been playing around 20 minutes a game. Um, but if there's no Gary Harris, he could play a little bit more. So those two, I think, would benefit if Gary Harris is out. You also have Chumo Kiki back. Um, oh, he's assigned to the G League. Okay. Uh, Mo Wagner should play the backup five. He'll play most likely whatever Wendell Carter Jr. does not play. So high teens minutes at 3.7. I don't hate it. You probably do see a little bit of Bull Bull. He played 14 minutes last game at close to the min price. It's also viable. So we want to do Phoenix and Atlanta. On the Phoenix side, no Devin Booker. So you should get the starting lineup of Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, Bridges, Craig, and Aiton. I think Chris Paul looks really good at 7.3K without Devin Booker in a good matchup. But I will just remind you, the last time that I played Chris Paul, 11. 1-1 in the same matchup against Atlanta. 11. As long as he just has an average game, and Chris Paul is too cheap. So I think he looks really good at 7-3. I think DeAndre Ayton at 7-9 is a pretty good play. He should give you a double-double. He should play mid-30s minutes. Bridges, Cam Johnson, Torrey Craig all look better. Devin Booker out. Reasonable price point for Bridges. He should play close to 40 minutes. Cam Johnson is sub-5K. Probably sees 25 to 30 minutes. Torrey Craig probably plays a little bit more. There's everyone at Phoenix looks better with Devin Booker out. And then you even got some guys I think are playable off the bench. Dario Sarch, 3.5. Only played four minutes last game. I think he would play a little bit more here. Um, Damian Lee and Saban Lee should also see some rotation minutes. Damian Lee probably sees around 20 minutes. Saban Lee, I would think, sees some minutes here. uh, Maybe in that like low teens. So, um, yeah, there is some viable options. You may or may not see a Koji in the rotation. Uh, He's kind of been out of the rotation recently, though. And then if you want to mess with the backup five, be my guest with like Lando or Biembo. It's been Lando the last few games. It could very easily be Biembo though. So that's kind of, it's kind of like the Charlotte Hornet situation. Like I never feel great about it. You always have that slight DMP risk, but it's been Lando for the last couple of games and he is the flat mint price. And the Atlanta side, pretty boring team to talk about. Don't love the matchup. Everyone's healthy. Young, Murray, fine GPP plays. If you're going to make me pick between the two, it would be Trey Young. Capella should split the center minutes with Okongu, should play high 20s minutes. He's just fine. Okongu at sub 4K price point, not a bad value. Most likely gives you around 20-ish fancy points. John Collins is 5.2K, privacy is around 30 minutes, a fine GPP play. Bogdanovich will play, I don't know, mid to high 20s minutes off the bench. He's reasonable. DeAndre Hunter is always just like a last piece in guy for me. Most of the time he's going to play low to mid 30s minutes. But yeah, Atlanta, just a pretty boring team. No one really stands out to me uh, on uh, this slate. Chicago, Brooklyn. So 
Chicago, you had DeRozan questionable, and Alex Caruso is probable. Pat Williams is probable. So the big one is DeRozan here. If DeRozan's out, Vooch and Levine stand out as two of the best plays of the slate. I played Levo- I played Lavooch. I played Vucevic at uh, really, really low ownership last slate. He smashed, but I also had Levine, as did most of the field, who only went for 33 fancy points. But again, those two would really benefit if DeRozan is out. And then the rest of the guards look better, too. So Io, Kobe White, Caruso... All probably play on average around 30 minutes. You did see Io play a bit more last game. He played 38 minutes. But like if Caruso plays a bit better or if Kobe White doesn't shoot one of 10, like they could play a little bit more. So all three of those guards would benefit and would kind of come down to ownership for me if I'm going to play one in tournaments. For example, if everyone just jams Io because of last game, I think I would rather go to Kobe White or Caruso. So again, that one will kind of come down to ownership for me. Pat Williams is 4.8. I mean... He doesn't, his role doesn't really change a ton, but I guess he would be fine. And then Drummond, if there's no, uh, if there's no DeRozan, should play the backup five. Didn't play like a minute or two alongside Vooch. We know he's a good point per minute guy. And we know, again, I was one day early on him because no one runs worse. Then you probably see a little bit of run for Derek Jones Jr., but that don't know if it would be enough for me to get to him. Now, if DeRozan's in, then it's kind of hard for me to prioritize anyone. I think Vooch, DeRozan, Levine would all be like playable. I think you could still play the guards of Io, Kobe, Crusoe, but no one's like they're they're gonna look a lot worse if Rosen does play. On the Brooklyn side, so this one's a little bit tricky to break down because I don't know how this rotation's gonna look. I don't even know what the starting lineup's gonna be. My guess is that with how well Cam Thomas has played, he will stay in the starting lineup. So I think the starting lineup for sure will be Dinwiddie at the one, Cam Thomas at the two, Claxton at the five. I think Royce O'Neal is in there. And then one of Ben Simmons or Dorian Finney-Smith. Ben Simmons has not been playing well of late, but do they want to bring him off the bench? That is the thing. So that's what I think the starting lineup will be. Now, with Dinwiddie, we got to keep an eye on the news. He will make his debut. Just make sure there's any not sort of any limit or anything. Um, if he's not limited and is going to play like 36, 38 minutes, then like I like Dinwiddie, but I don't know how many minutes we get. Like, I don't know if we can project him for that. So... That's kind of the tough part. Cam Thomas price now way up. Obviously, he's been playing out of his mind. Still a little bit interested in him, but he is definitely not a priority for me at almost 8K with Dinwiddie now there. Claxton, I think, is a pretty good play. Um, I think he should play mid-30s minutes. I like Nick Claxton. This group of like the forwards of Ben Simmons, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, not really sure what to do with them. Ben Simmons only played 26 minutes in his uh, first game back. DFS and Royce O'Neal, eh. Eh. Off the bench, you probably see a little bit of run for Sumner, probably a little bit of run for, for T.J. Warren. I think Joe Harris will s- still see some rotation minutes too, but um, Nets are a little bit tricky team to talk about right now. Maybe see a little bit of run for Patty Mills too. I just don't know how ex- like how they're going to run this rotation. So, let's finish up with Milwaukee and the Lakers. And once again, how did the Giannis Faders know last game that he would play 12 first half minutes? I still didn't get a concrete answer. I saw people say, oh, they thought the game was going to blow out. Okay, why? How did you know he's going to play 12 first half minutes? I need an answer to that. Without foul trouble, he was not in foul trouble. How did you know that Giannis would play 12 first half minutes when he's averaged 36 total minutes or 18 minutes each half previous games? How did you know he'd only play 12 minutes? I just, if someone could provide that answer to me, I would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, Giannis... Phenomenal matchup. I really like him in both formats there. Drew Holiday is 7-7. Reasonable. Like, I still think he's playable, but definitely not a priority. Middleton finally played a couple more minutes. 
he played 22 instead of 20. So one of these days, they're going to just unleash him. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't even know if we'll get clarity on it, but he's fine. And if you do get that game where he plays like 28 minutes instead of 22, he could have a really good game at that price point. Brooke Lopez is 5'6". He's probable. Um, He's going to play low 30s minutes. I think he's a decent option here uh, at that price point. And then... Connaughton and Grayson Allen are fine kind of secondary plays. They might be a little bit more with Joe Ingles out. I think you get a little more run for Javon Carter, probably a little more run for Wes Matthews. Maybe they dust off like Beauchamp or George Hill for a little bit, but I don't think I can go to them. Finally, the Lakers. The Lakers made a really good trade today. I, By the way, I really like the trade for the Lakers. They got D'Lo. That's a, that's a perfect fit for the Lakers. A guard that can shoot. They really needed that. They got Malik Beasley, who I think is another really good fit. And Vanderbilt, because the Lakers have been struggling on the glass. Vanderbilt, a great rebounder. Like, I I love the trade for the Lakers. I really, really do. I think this Lakers team can be solid. I do now. So, great trade for the Lakers, in my opinion. But LeBron, questionable for the 900 straight game, like Embiid. I think he's going to play, unless we hear otherwise. Anthony Davis probable. Had an awful, awful game last game, but not super worried about it. So, LeBron, AD, I think are both solid options at the top. I wouldn't call either priorities. When you have Nikola Jokic for $200 more, I'm just going to prefer Jokic over LeBron every time. Or, like, Giannis for an extra 1000 or whatever. You know, like, so, I wouldn't call either Lakers priorities. But if you wanted to get to LeBron or, or AD in tournaments, that's totally fine. And with Westbrook out, I think they do look a little bit better. Um, I, I would be pretty surprised if those guys that got traded, D'Lo, Beasley, Vanderbilt, are going to be available tomorrow. So, I think with Westbrook out, kind of just benefits all these secondary guys. So, probably a little more run for Schroeder. More, more usage for Schroeder, too. A little more run for Rui. A little more run for Papev. I don't know how many minutes we can get from Austin Reeves. He only played seven minutes in his first game back. You probably get a little more run for Troy Brown, a little bit more run for Lonnie Walker. So, like, I don't think there's one guy that benefits a lot, but I think just kind of every, all those, like, cheap guys for Lakers benefit a bit with Westbrook out. So, Schroeder, I think, would probably be my favorite of the bunch um, just because I think he'll handle a little bit more of that playmaking role when LeBron's not in the court with Westbrook off. So, I do like Schroeder. Rui, fine i guess i'm not super confident in his minutes beverly is cheap most likely he's mid to high 20s minutes playable i mean if austin reeves is not a limit then i like him but he only played seven minutes in his first game back troy brown lonnie walker they should play a little bit more they're both fair values 3.1k for lonnie walker is cheap too for a guy that's shooting guard small forward eligibility so you might get lonnie walker playing like low 20s minutes i think he is he's probably my favorite of the really, really cheap guys. So that is going to do it for the video today. Uh, if you guys have been enjoying again, make sure to like, subscribe to the notification bell. And all you guys on Twitter, again, you've been cracking me up. It was, it was very entertaining on Twitter today. So um, hope you guys have a good rest of your night. Keep an eye out for the prize picks content and uh, we'll see you in the next video.